In the past two weeks, we've been exploring different aspects of Yeshua's nature. We looked at Yeshua as the firstborn, based on the book of Colossians. We looked at Yeshua as the apostle, based on the book of Hebrews. We also looked at Yeshua as the judge, based on the book of Revelation. Today, we're going to turn to the book of Revelation again and look at more aspects of Yeshua's nature to try and grasp, to get an inkling of the fullness of his essence. Revelation chapter 5 begins with the Almighty sitting on a throne, holding a scroll that is sealed. A strong angel cries out and asks, Who is worthy to open the seal? But no one is worthy. John the Apostle is moved to tears because no one can open the book. We're going to read Revelation chapter 5. Verses 5 through 7. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth to all the earth. And he came and took the bread out of the, the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. I believe this is the only place in the scriptures where Yeshua is specifically referred to as the Lion of Judah. Yet, when the lion finally enters the heavenly throne room, we don't see a lion. We see a lamb, a lamb that had been slain. That in itself is quite remarkable. So he's called a lion. He's called a lamb. He's also referred to as the Root of David. But something much more remarkable follows. Verses 8 through 12 tell us, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. The angels, the living creatures, the elders, numbering over a hundred million, break into song, extolling the Lamb, declaring the Lamb is worthy. Of course, the Lamb is worthy. The chapter tells us the Lamb is the only one in heaven and earth who is worthy to take that book. Yet, there's more to it. That's true, but notice verses 13 and 14. And every creature which is in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that lived forever and ever. Notice that every creature in heaven, every creature on earth, every creature under the earth, every creature in the sea, glorify the Lamb, declaring blessing and honor and glory and power to the one who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb forever. Consider King David. King David was a great king. People bowed to him. They could and they did sing about his greatness. But would people sing about God, David's greatness in the presence of God, in the presence of one who sits on the throne in heaven? Would they sing about David's greatness and use the same words to describe David as describing the one who's on the throne? I don't think so. Would David want that? I don't think so. Notice verse 13. Blessing and honor and glory and power to him that sits on the throne and unto the Lamb forever. 
How can they sing the same praises about the Lamb as they sing about the one who's on the throne? How can they extol these praises about the Lamb? How can they proclaim these words referring to the Lamb in the very presence of the Almighty Father? We find an answer in the book of John. John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 offer the following. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Yeshua is divine. Yeshua is deity. Yeshua is God. Well, I can't understand that. We don't have to understand it. We just have to accept it. I struggled with understanding the Shema for many years before I realized that Yeshua is God. We have recorded podcasts in the past discussing the different meanings of the word Echad regarding the Shema, the word for one. The book of Revelation offers some of the clearest explanation of Yeshua's divinity. In the book of Revelation, in the beginning of the Gospel of John, we see Yeshua in his glory. He's more than an apostle, more than a firstborn, more than a judge, more than a lamb, more than a lion, more than the root of David. To him who sits on the throne and unto the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and power forever. Amen.